What's up, guys? This is The Pod. It's your boy, Garrett, and I'm joined with, you might know him as Pastor Ken, but in the academia world, he is known as Dr. Kenneth Dawson. Welcome, Pastor Ken. Thanks, Garrett. It's great to be here, and uh, always love spending time with you, and always love to talk about the Bible and, uh, and, and issues that are important to your folks. Yeah. So, um, Pastor Ken, you're a care team pastor here, right? That's right. I do weddings, funerals, hospital visitations, counseling, pretty much everything that nobody else mm-hmm. wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> so you do a lot of premarital counseling, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have like 20 sessions of that going on right now. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, also, guys, just a heads up, they're literally redoing a bathroom right underneath us, so if you hear any loud noises, I apologize for that. But we are in our uh, His and Hers series with college, and we are going to all learn all about dating, sex, marriage, singleness, all the stuff that you guys want to know. And Pastor Ken, I wanted to just ask you a few questions since you deal with sure. those things. Yeah. Um, what is like, what are a few, one or two things that couples enter into marriages and they're like, oh, crap, I wasn't ready for this. Right. Okay. Well, I would uh, point you to two scriptures. One's Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5, where uh, it talks about wives submit yourselves to your husbands, then husbands love your wives. And and I won't read that whole scripture to you, but that is Ephesians chapter 5, if anybody wants to go look at that. So so I I say that to get back around to this. Mm -hmm. The biggest issue that I see in marriage counseling and then some that I kind of pick out sometimes in premarital counseling is men not being men. Mm. So I think men go into marriage thinking that it's um, hyper dating or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's not. So when I say men being men, I don't just mean being the boss. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I mean by being, being a man is providing adulting, mm-hmm. sacrificing, mm. doing things you don't want to do, not doing things you don't want to do, <laughs> leading spiritually. Yeah, so one. so I think that that's one issue is that men get into it and they're like, oh, crap, I've got to be an adult now. And, uh, and, and they just weren't, you know, they can rise to the occasion, but they weren't mentally prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Then I think another good scripture to, to look at there is Philippians chapter 2, beginning with the first verse and say going on down to about the eighth verse, where it talks about uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking at your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And then he goes on to say, this is Paul talking, goes on to say that that your mind should be like the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is not written specifically for marriage, but it applies very well to marriage. Sacrifice, humility. Jesus made himself nothing. He became a servant, and he did all of this to the point of death. So I could do like a whole stand-up shtick on all the surreal moments in marriage, but the bottom line is this. If you get married and you're not giving things up, you're not doing it right. Mm. That's good. I'll ask you another question. This is not, I didn't prepare you for this one. But what are a few things that you see causing divorce in marriage? And maybe it's one thing, two things, three things, like the common denominator. What 
causes divorce in Christian marriage and in just regular marriage? Well, I can I have I do see some running themes yeah. as I talk to couples. Okay, so there's selfishness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all about me. It's not about you. Um, I want to get my needs met, but I don't care anything about meeting your needs. So there's that. Then you overlay on top of that. Very seldom do I have the strongest members of Cascade Hills coming to me for marriage counseling. It's always the very marginal members. So I would say that when you're in church, and you know, it's not that there's just magic Jesus dust that you get sprinkled on you when you come here on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But if you're here week after week after week, the cumulative effect of what you learn, the cumulative effect of the people that you're around, your, your children, your teenagers being involved, all of that has a very uplifting effect on your marriage. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that's a, another uh, common thread that I see is that, that, that people, they, they, have no, they have no real use for the things of Jesus mm-hmm. until they find themselves painted into a corner. Mm-hmm. And then they want to run down to the church and, and the church fix everything yeah. for them. And at that point, it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's good. They don't have those people around them to, you know, no, 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 ignite no. that. There's flame. no support system. Yeah, that's good. Well, all right. Well, most of our college students are not married. Mm-hmm. We have a few of them, um, but I want to ask you three questions um, about three stages of life that we find college kids in. How mm-hmm. we can best prepare for marriage. So I ask you the first one: How can our single friends, those who are not dating, What's the best way they can prepare for marriage? So first off, I would say don't obsess over marriage. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I don't care that all of your friends are married before you. A lot of them will be divorced before you too. Just relax and enjoy being single. It's not a crisis. Uh, You're not defective because you're not married. Now, past that, I would say make your list. Okay? You know what list I'm talking about. All the list of things you want in your spouse. It's not necessary to go around talking to everybody about your list because I know the whole concept of a list is like a little bit creepy. Yeah. But but get it in your head what you're looking for. You know, if you go shopping for a car, you know what you want when you go shop for a car. Well, it should be uh, that the same way with a spouse. Have it in your head uh, what you want. All right, so make your list. Education career, fitness, social adjustment, spirituality. Then once you have that list on paper, then you go and be everything Mm -hmm. on that list. And then you'll attract the man or woman you want by being everything on your own list. It's amazing to me how many people come up with a list, Mm -hmm. yet they themselves are not willing to live in a way that in any way approximates that mm-hmm. list. So, you know, you may have a you may have a, a, a young lady who makes out her list and she wants Dr. Success to come sweep her off of her feet, you know, while she just does nothing, gets, she doesn't get an education, doesn't work, she just looks at TikTok all day <laughs> and then wonders where Dr. Success is. Mm-hmm. And it works works the same way for, for, for men too. So make your list, then you be the things on the list. Let me ask you, um, Pastor Ken, mm-hmm. I know in my own personal life, I made my list, mm-hmm. and I elevated 
physical attraction to the place it shouldn't be elevated to. What, how do we make a good list? You know, what should be the main things that you're looking for? I know physical attraction is important. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but what, how should that list look tier wise? Well, of course you should, the the spiritual should Mm -hmm. be at the top. And then I would say things that support happy family life mm-hmm. would be underneath that. And then, hey, if you if you want a pretty wife, that it's, it is okay to put that on your list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's got a different uh, opinion of what that is. You know, you hear people talk all the time about, oh, a blonde girl. Well, you <laughs> know, I'm just – I'm partial to brunettes. I'm married a brunette. And uh, so it, it's, it's, it's okay to have those things. You may want to group those into essentials, important, mm-hmm. and then nice to have. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then I would also say love Jesus more than the idea of marriage. Prepare for eternity more than you prepare for the next 60 years of marriage, mm-hmm. and this will help you find your person. Yeah. I think one thing – the church, not Cascade Hills, but the church as yeah. a whole, is they failed single people. Yeah. They don't talk I, about I it agree. enough. Jesus was single. Paul was single. Yes. And we kind of, not purposely, but we view singleness as like this curse and right. like, oh, you need to get married, but we don't view singleness as a gift from God and people are, are called right. to it. Right. You are okay being single. And, and I've been married, uh, April will be 34 years. And it's great, and I have three kids. But you know what? Being married makes me appreciate when I was single. Mm-hmm. I think about the times I walked into my apartment on Friday afternoon when I got off work, and I had absolutely <laughs> no expectations, nowhere to be, nobody to tell me to do anything. I didn't have to consult with anybody about anything until I had to be at work Monday morning. Yeah. Now, it's not like I want to go back to that. I'm just saying I look back at that, and I realize I should have appreciated my single time more than I did. Yeah, and I think Brian talked about this um, last Thursday, and he's like, if it's, de- if it's the desire of your heart to be single, be single mm-hmm. and be a, a weapon in the ministry. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if your desire of your heart is to be married, you know, pursue that. But right. it's not wrong for you to want to be single. No. If you are, if you want to be married and you are single – view it as a gift and a time to grow and God to use you and to serve and, and all that good stuff. So, right. Um, so, all right, we'll move on to the next one. For our dating friends, those who are in relationships, what's the best way they can prepare for marriage? Okay, I'm going to say something you've probably never heard before <laughs> and you'll never hear anybody else say it. I'm the only person dumb enough to say this, but in marriage, you leave all your selfishness behind. The time to be selfish is before you're married. And here's what I mean by that. If you're deep into a relationship and you figure out it's not right, end it. <laughs> Say goodbye. Don't go further down the road mm-hmm. just because you're already far down the road. And so if you're dating and you're kind of driving toward marriage, you get red flags. Pay attention to those red flags. Mm-hmm. And you may even want to listen to some other godly people uh, in your life about that. Don't buy into... Well, this is a problem now, but this will be okay once we get married. No, no, it really won't be. Mm -hmm. Uh, The red flags that you have now will be overwhelming once you get married. So the time to be selfish 
is before you're married. Because after you get married, too late, time then to lay selfishness you're aside. In it, you're in it for life. That's right. And then also in dating, I would say, stay pure. Now, mm-hmm. I know everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. I know everybody else is living together. I know all of this. But you will never regret maintaining your purity until you get married. And, of course, once you get married, then you're supposed to have sex mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation with a guy um, the other day, and he was he was in the church, and he got his he got his girlfriend pregnant, and they were and then they got married, of course. Yep. But he was telling us that that choice he made to have sex before they're married wrecked almost wrecked their first couple years of marriage, yeah. and we don't understand that. You know, God placed those boundaries for a reason. Right. That's um, right. Uh, they're not there just to take the fun away. Yeah. Uh, they're there f- for our benefit. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Last one, Pastor Ken. This is kind of for our engaged friends or those who are dating who are seriously considering marriage. What's the best way they can prepare for marriage? Right. So first I would ask myself, would I marry this person if we don't have a huge wedding? <laughs> If the answer to that is not yes, then just don't do it. Yeah. You then you're not looking to be married, you're looking to have a wedding. And so many couples, and especially brides, obsess over their wedding day. And it's it's immature and it's short sighted because you're going to spend sixty plus years with this person and your wedding day is really nothing by comparison. Mm-hmm. And and you realize All of the trendy things that you're going to do at your wedding in a few years, people will look back on that and think, oh, gosh, that was so that looks so antiquated. Why did you why did you do it that way? And 34 years ago when I was married, it was what what you did back then and how you did it bears absolutely no resemblance to how people get married today. So. All these things that are so special to you, in a few years you'll just look back and it will just look like some relic <laughs> of a bygone era. And, of course, for engaged people uh, that are taking steps toward marriage, just remember the answer to every problem is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Being like Jesus, acting like Jesus, loving Jesus, and living the words of Jesus. And if you're not interested in doing that, and if you're marrying somebody who's not interested in doing that, Mm -hmm. then you are headed for calamity. Yeah. Me and Brian were talking um, a couple days ago, and he he believes in short engagements. Mm -hmm. How how long do you think you should be engaged? Well, I was engaged for two months. Two months. Uh, I, I think that I agree with Pastor Brian think that it's very much dependent on your situation. Mm-hmm. Some people are in family and financial situations where they would benefit from a short engagement. Yeah. Uh, some people, just because of the logistics of it, you may have a longer engagement. You may be waiting on one uh, spouse to graduate from college or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you m- it just may make sense to have a longer engagement. However, these people who just who get engaged and they have a wedding date that's two or three years in the future. Mm, mm. So many things are going to change during that time. Yeah. And I think that, and there's a lot of stress on you. So when you have the longer engagement, 
you're prolonging the stressful period mm-hmm. of your life. It really puts you off to a bad start. Yeah. So I would say look at your engagement period, make it as as short as you can make it within reason and depending on your own situation. Mm. As short as you can make it. That's good. Well, how long do you think couples should date? I know you might say the same thing. It depends on the thing. but yeah, it, it, it does. And you hear about all these people from World War II that met and knew each other two days yeah. and got married. <laughs> now they've been married 100 years and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, would advise that. I would say an absolute minimum mm-hmm. of two years. Two years. However, and maybe this is just the old man coming out in me, you know, when I came along, when you started dating someone, Mm -hmm. you generally had been friends with that person Mm -hmm. for years before that. Yeah. So it it puts you at an advantage, Mm -hmm. whereas today I think people are more likely to just meet and start dating without the the context of the the friendship context from – so maybe we should take that two years and stretch that out to three years or four years. Mm-hmm. But I would say absolute minimum of two years. Absolute minimum? Minimum. Mm. Wow. That's a lot longer than I expected you to say. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but when you get married, you'll wish you knew the person better. Yeah, that's true. Than you did if you don't have a long dating history. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Ken, thank you for joining us. Always my pleasure. Any other comments about dating, marriage, singleness? Just remember, uh, it's all about Jesus. And you're when you enter into the marriage relationship, you are the lowest person on the totem mm, pole. That's good. Your spouse matters more than you. Your kids matter more than you. Your God matters more than you. That's good. Well, thank you, Pastor Ken. Um, and we will see you guys next time on the pod. Peace out.